the college football experience, Mike Leach comments and NIL questions on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by us. Yes, the SGPN app is live in the App Store and Google Play Store. It is free to download. It is free for all of our picks and, con- uh, you know, you will get everything picks, podcast content. So grab that thing today and let it ride. This is Mike Leach, uh, head football coach at Mississippi State, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride. Questions episode. My name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick. Nobody knows nothing. Somebody knows. Double the price, but no one touches Dundee. <laughs> I almost, almost hit the naked gun music there, but I didn't. Uh, I am joined by my can't co- go wrong. Yes, can't go wrong with the naked gun music. I am joined by my co-host, former former JMU Duke defensive back. Give it up for the burrito eating, sideline kiss stealing, a wheeling a dealing, Patty C in the place to be. Hi Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little Hogan, a little bit of that. Yeah, gotta do it. Gotta do it. Patty C, we are here. We are talking college football like we do year round on the College Football Experience. Uh, subscribe, tell a friend. By the way, we are live on YouTube. You can check us out. We are live from the S. Well, I am in the SGPN headquarters right now uh, in the studio, and uh, Patty C. You know, is but we're all live on YouTube. You can check us out. He's I'm in remote. the Hollywood studio. Yeah, he's in the Holly- he's in the Hollywood studio there. Uh, but how you doing, pal? Life is good, brother. Life is good. You know, we're we're still talking college football. It's been a wild off season. We got a lot of nil questions I want to get to, uh, or j- just college football related questions. But obviously, the big news we saw this weekend, uh, despite you know. Uh, the USFL, which by the way, subscribe to the USFL gambling podcast. Cause me, Patty C NC, Nick and others are bringing you great USFL content on the sports gambling podcast network. So subscribe to that and check it out as we go through, you know, the whole USFL season game by game DFS. I hit again for some folks out there. Hopefully you, you tailed my lineup. Um, so check that out. But also the Kentucky Derby happened this week and we had an 80 to one long shot, rich strike ridden by Sonny Leon uh, and trained by Eric Reed hit and won. And really, I thought the most, probably like the best horse race I can ever remember watching because yeah. it just comes out of nowhere and boom. I mean, I saw someone yeah, tweet out that knock up. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said even like mid race, he, he was 80 to one odds to start the race now. And after like in the, in the middle of the race, or should I say like uh, at some point in the race, he was probably 800 to one. Uh, had you stopped Jeez. it then and then uh, you know created odds? I mean, and what a right ride. off the top, just seeing him like you know, I, I had my eye on him. I had a funny feeling about it right off the top because they replaced him. He's coming in rocking twenty one, James Brooks, right? Yes, and he just dives behind the pack, like really hits an angle. Everyone else is trying to come out and like jockey for position. He just slides in and finds his, and he just worked that the whole whole way until he made his run right at the end. It was like, I mean, I'm not a horse racing guy at all, but it surprised me. I was watching him and then I like, all right, that, that he's not making that happen. And then I watched the rest of the race, which was entertaining. They said like a super frenetic pace, like the fastest in Kentucky, Kentucky Derby history through what, like the first half of the race. 
Yeah. And then boom, this guy comes out of nowhere. Dude, awesome. when, when they went, when they had that sky cam, that sky cam was fucking fantastic because like it showed really, cause I, I saw it from like the way anyone watched it. And at the last seconds, this crate, this horse comes out of there. You didn't know. You're like, Whoa, where'd that horse come from? I didn't yeah. know it was the 80 to one odds. But when you see that sky cam of it, uh, like way the fuck back, you know, when, with, with the race kind of like coming, I shouldn't say coming to an end, but like pretty far into the race. Yeah, and then he kind of just turns it on, hits the jets. Uh, just, just impressive, impressive. And, and everything just like split like the red sea for him, except at the end. He did like the guy, the one horse he moved was like right. Kind of, he moved right. Yeah, yeah. He, he did me. a little bob and weave. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> he what? What, he, uh, what did he? He drafted. All right. I know. That's right. The other guy, the other horse racer, was like, dude. I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Rich Strike. He always goes to the inside, and Rich Strike's <laughs> like, no, I'm going outside. Days of Thunder <laughs> shout out style. That's right. Uh, our friend, <laughs> our friend, uh, Mike Leach. He tweeted. Mike Leach been on the show several times. Um, great guy. Uh, even, even, you know, got, got to go up to Pullman when he was at wazoo to hang out with coach Leach. That was fantastic. But Mike Leach now at Mississippi state, he tweeted out that that horse winning the Kentucky d- t- uh, Derby today is a good example of why an expanded college football playoff is needed. That horse hadn't won all the races leading up, but it got its chance and look what happened. Um, or, and that's what happened. He said, not look what happened. That's what happened. He said, same thing though. But, uh, uh, I look, we've had coach Leach on. He wants a 64 team playoff. I look, I'm all for it. Um, but I thought that tweet was fantastic. It got a lot of, it got what? I mean, I, I feel like, uh, almost 3000 retweets, uh, 30, almost 32,000 likes. Um, we know uh, some, some friends, if you want to say friends, I don't know. We've never met them in person, but they, they, you know, quick to shoot that, that tweet down. And I thought their points they made on several platforms. And I'm not talking about friends. Like we know I'm talking about other platforms Um, really came at it in a negative way, which, which, and they tried to make their point, which I thought actually hurt their point more than it helped it. You look into it and, and people saying it's the greatest regular season. That was really the argument that they hung on to, Patty C. And it was the great yeah. college football is the greatest regular season uh th- that there is. And someone even compared it to what <laughs> to March Madness postseason, which I thought couldn't be more inaccurate. I think that's one of the worst tweets I've ever seen. And I love college it football. Pretty bad. It's but pretty it's bad. just it's so wrong when comparing those two. Yeah, well, because if you go undefeated in a college football regular season, decent chance you're getting left out if you're not a power team. If you go undefeated in the NCAA uh, tournament postseason, you're the champ. <laughs> yes, and no yes. one will ever question it. <laughs> uh, so, so I mean, looking into this thing, uh, first off, what'd you make of Leach's comments? I know, like, I, I know you probably thought, okay, I could see him tweeting that because he's been on the show before, and this is what he this is what he says, but. Were you surprised at all? Not really, right? Not really. I think uh, Leach has pretty much established where he stands on that, and it's kind of on brand. He loves to be—he's a man of the people. He's also got a little shock jock in him. Um, not afraid to do that. But, so. but but I mean, this is a guy that had a background. He played rugby uh, at BYU. Uh, quick to tell us that when we hung out with him, and then uh, he also was a baseball coach. Uh, and he's you know so he's. He's quick to make the point that in every other sport on the planet, they have a real playoff with guidelines, a big tournament, and it's absolutely nonsense that this. He told us this when he was at Wazoo. Um, yeah, it is nonsense that it is what it is, and I completely agree. I, I, I uh, you know, think the argument that this college football regular season thing is so important is one of the one of the everyone tweets that or or says that. And I think that's one of the biggest bullshit um, really statements that you can make. Cause I think the college football season, the regular season is the most irrelevant of any sport. I think, I think you look at, and I love college football. I'll watch every fucking game. FCS D two Ferris state. I don't care. Yeah. Well, that's probably why you uh, don't think quite as highly of the regular season as people who only watch Alabama, you know, whose regular season kind of is like a playoff for them. You know, to an extent, although they are allowed to lose and 
get back in um, more than any other team. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, if you're a UCF fan, you know, if you're if you're a team that you know isn't number one most of the year, then the playoff, uh, the regular season, there's a very good chance the games will be irrelevant at the end of it, which makes the regular season suck. Yeah, I think there's 66 or 65. Uh, non power five teams. I'm going to go ahead and say that if you're not ranked in the preseason top eight, which Cincinnati was number eight last year, and they still needed everything to go right to get in that yeah. thing. If you're not in the top eight, which is normally the case because the, the, the whole top, the whole preseason top 25 and the top 25, that's a sham too. But uh, if you're not in the top eight, so the other 65 teams, I think will right by the first kick of the season, their season's over. Like, yes, yeah. you can play football, yeah. but there is nothing you can do. So I'm going to, yeah. I would argue that for 65 teams, group of five teams, you yeah. cannot do anything. We've yeah. seen it with Army. Boise state. We've yeah. seen it with so many teams that went 13 to one Houston, that other 13 to one teams went to the, went to the, uh, the, 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 the invitational, right? Western Michigan. Yeah. You can Any go on and on teams. and on. And it's it, so it is the most useless regular season. But even aside from that, Patty C, aside from the group of five, I will make the, the, the case that with the exception to 20 to 25 teams, I, I will say that even power five teams, I will say probably 40 power five teams are eliminated before the season ever kicks essentially, or I shouldn't say they're eliminated. They have a chance, but I've explained this before to you. There is a tilt before the of season course. ever starts. It, oh, and, yeah. and it's so obvious. Yeah, they, you, the, the cards are stacked in. Yes, you know, the like favorites favor. Theoretically, if Kansas won all the games, would they? Could they get? Into, would they get into college football playoffs? I say maybe. Depends on the year. We saw. Right. You know, it depends what else happens. Uh, I think they would try to not put them in, but it depends on what would happen. But in general, before that season ever kicks the odds are stacked against them. We've seen it. I'm going to pull this up. I quickly did some numbers today on the sec. Uh, what's great about this being, you know, 2022 is now we are now 10 football seasons in to the, to the sec with 14 teams with, with a and M in Missouri there, okay. we are four uh, or we are 10 years into that. So the stats are before you tried to pull up stats and it was a little bit, it was tough to tell because you're like, well, fuck a and M was, was in the big 12 and Missouri was in the big 12. So it's kind of hard yeah. to throw all this together and make sense. There's not enough uh, data to, because to I want to make this point. Solid. I want to make this point that aside from the group of five, which their season's over before it ever starts, unless you're preseason top eight. And even with that, you need every little thing to go right. Uh, that the power five teams, the power five conferences, I think there is a full on tilt before the season ever starts. And this is my point exactly. Patty C, over the past 10 years, who has played the most away games in the SEC, you think? Mm, the most away games? Yes. If I'm going to give you. Guess, yes. Vanderbilt? They're number two. So, ready? I'm going to okay. rattle this off for you. 10 yeah. years of SEC scheduling, 10 years here, 59 away games for Missouri. 59. Yeah. 52 for Vanderbilt, 49 wow. for Mississippi state, 49 for Auburn. Surprisingly Auburn, they do a great job considering, yeah. right? Hitting the road a little bit, 48 for South Carolina, 47 for Kentucky, 45 for Ole Miss, 44 for Tennessee, 44 for LSU, 43 for a and M 43 for Georgia, 42 for Arkansas. But I do want to include this. Arkansas has an asterisk because I didn't count their games that are played in Jerry's world against Texas A and M. If that would be the, if I do count them, which I think isn't a away game essentially because you're in Texas t playing Texas A and M uh, that would then jump it up to uh, I think, what was that? Five. So 47, right? So that's why well, that number looks a little off odd number of games in, uh, in not Fayetteville, but um, what's the other little rock, city in Arkansas? right? Little rock. Oh. Little Rock, they play a Little Rock a lot, and I think those are considered neutral site games. No, but I so counted them as home. They, I counted them as 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 home games. Um, okay, but they're not road games either way. They're not road so, games. But that's yes. probably why is because rather than doing a, a home and home, 
uh, in those uh, typical games, they'll go to a neutral site, which is really a home game for them. But still, my point so is Arkansas. Like, my point is they're away numbers. So you say forty-two away games, which is which is third least in the in the SEC. That's diluted because yeah. I didn't count the A and M game in, which is played in, in, in you know in, in, in what is that uh, right up right up from Dallas, Arlington, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be at forty-seven, which would then put them as top 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 six for most. Yeah. So then at 42 is Florida at 41 is Alabama. So essentially if you add in those Arkansas games in Jerry's world, so your five teams that would play the least would be Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Texas, A and M and LSU. Is that convenient? Patty C isn't that right. convenient from the start <laughs> from the start. So they're already tilting their hand to the powers that be and giving the shittier schedules to uh, to the, the, the remaining sec teams, essentially. Right. Yeah. Then the lower level teams. Yes. Then you go into back-to-back away and this gets even better because back-to-back away games, uh, you know, I think are, are criminally slept on when you look at a college football schedule. Uh, sure. the most we did a little, I did one year's worth of data, uh, last year. And I want to say your win percentage in road games, uh, dropped from 40 to 33% in the second uh, of a back-to-back road. So that's only one year's worth of data, but uh, I would like to see if that is maintained over the years because that's a pretty big, like I think it was 41 down to 33. That's an 8% drop just by playing that second road game in a row. Well, this is going to be fascinating for you. All right. This is going to be mine. I think mind blowing here is this is what I mean by the tilt and how college football is unfair for 40 of the uh, power five teams before the season ever kicks before the season ever kicks 65 of the group of five. So together you're at like 105 teams have, have a, a basically they can't get to the playoffs or they have to go through a ridiculous uh, unfair setup. Um, okay. The most group of five games. I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The most back-to-back away games Vanderbilt with 12. They've had 12 in 10 years. Patty C. Yeah. They're getting at least one a year. Missouri is number two with 11. <laughs> Arkansas is number three with 10. Mississippi mm-hmm. state is number four with nine. South Carolina is number five with nine. Does it surprise you that, that, <laughs> that the, that the sec scheduling has given them back-to-back away games the most to think about this. Who would you think are the five worst football programs in that conference? I mean, I was surprised. I guess, I guess the only surprise I had was Kentucky wasn't in there, right? Yeah. Cause I, I do think Vanderbilt, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi state, South Carolina is all what I, if I had to, if I had to make a list, the, the five worst teams, I think you would make a up. case for, for, for all five of those in the past 20 years, right? Who, who else would even be in that argument? Kentucky is the here. only one you could say, right? Ole Miss or Kentucky. Let's see. I mean, that that's we said of the what's that? uh, SEC West. You got Bama, uh, Arkansas, Auburn, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and A and M. Arkansas and Mississippi State are clearly the two uh, lowest in that division. Um, In the SEC East, you got Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. I could see maybe Tennessee. being part of that worst group, but uh, I still feel like they're they have more clout within the SEC than uh, yes than uh, the other than Mississippi State or South Carolina or Ole Miss, a hundred percent. I mean, I find that shocking to me you, that you you go through the top five worst teams and they substantially because get this, the least amount of back to back away games over ten years, the Georgia Bulldogs have played three back to back away games or sets. <laughs> Three sets of back-to-back away games. Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Guess who's second place? LSU. Four. Yep. Then at six you have Auburn, Bama, and Tennessee. <laughs> I mean, the only shocking thing here was Florida had eight. That was the How only thing. Florida. Did, uh, Vandy. Vandy had twelve. Vandy so, had 12. so Vanderbilt has played what four times more of the back-to-back away games than Georgia, the the least. Yeah. Yet yeah, they're and, in the and, same and, division yeah. of the same the, conference. The SEC lovers will call that a, 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 an irrelevant scheduling anomaly. 
but that is 100%, you know, and, and we need to dig in and find, you know, get years of data on that to verify that, you know, the second end of a back-to-back or, or uh, just a back-to-back in general is going to, well, it's just gotta be losses. harder. It's, it's, uh, it's natural. You got to go on the road back-to-back weeks. You're away from home. Just to me, how about the fact that the more away games you go in general, that's a fact of college football, your likelihood of losing goes up yeah. when you go on the road. Well, guess yeah, so what? Playing Vanderbilt's go- road game. <laughs> yes. Vanderbilt's been on the road fi- like 52 times. All right. George has been on the road 43 times in 10 years, right? Yeah. I, I find these numbers absolutely fascinating. Yeah. It, it, it's it, completely, uh, it's completely, you're right. It's, uh, stacked in, in the favor from a percentages and, and a, like if you were to take two neutral or two evenly matched teams and put them on a neutral site, then you would expect a tie, a push in terms of that point spread. I want to say in college football, it's about three and a half points one way or another, depending on who's home and who's away. So that's huge in terms of winning and losing. Yeah, and then when you do that over and over and over, guess what? And, and <laughs> I mean, like, win more exactly. And like one of the the things here is that, like, even with Georgia having you know forty three away games, that's some of that's because they have to play Georgia Tech. You know what I mean? They have to play Georgia Tech as, as that. Yeah. Now, now, like that's a Power Five game. I guess I'll credit you some, but Georgia Tech's been terrible lately. I just find these numbers absolutely fascinating to me. Twelve back. So the top six teams. Uh, the top five teams are that that play the most away games: Missouri, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Auburn, South Carolina. Six would be Kentucky, by the way. Then the top five teams that play the back-to-back away games: Vanderbilt, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi State, South Carolina. You don't find that convenient. <laughs> I would question anyone that talks college football or thinks college football. How is that? How is the? Yeah. How, how are the numbers so far off? How does Georgia play three sets of back-to-back away games when uh, someone within their own division, Vanderbilt and Missouri have played 12 and 11. Yeah. Four times as many. And you're telling Uh, me it's fair from the start. That's a crock of shit. Let's be honest. Anyone who's going to argue that, uh, you know, the scheduling creates an even, you know, situation for the teams and, and itself, uh, isn't a factor in, in the outcome of the, the regular season is full of shit. And that's, you know, our point that we're touching on is, Hey, scheduling can be manipulated to the point of giving these teams an advantage. And uh, so the, the regular season because of that can't be the sole determining factor in who is the champion. Yeah, you know, It can't be your championship. It can't be your postseason, And that's what I'm saying. Like they think, Oh, well the regular season is the best regular season. No, it's not because if you're an Iowa state fan, you know, cause it's not only the sec might I add it's you look at the big 12. I'll, I'll hit you with those numbers next week. We're on, but I remember this cause I did this a year ago. Iowa state plays substantially and Kansas plays substantially way more away games and back-to-back away games than say Texas or Oklahoma. So it is already diluting it from the, f- before the football is ever fucking kicked. You're, you're, you're basically, it is a harder thing to do than them running the table. So well, that, that is the great thing about Oklahoma going to the sec is when they are not given ultimately a super favorable schedule, like they have been, then you're not going to see them win six conference titles in a row. You might not see them win one, you yeah. know, it, things are going to get different for them real quick. And uh, they're going to realize they stepped in a pile of shit. Yeah. I mean, so a hundred percent, we'll see how that works. I, I think they might still protect them. I don't know. We'll have to see. They can't protect everybody. So we'll see yeah. how that shakes out. But uh, another comment, they would say, well, look uh, only in college basketball, UNLV is the only team to have uh, won a championship uh, that was not a, a power five or a power six in college basketball with the big East um, program, which is fair, but we're ne- we've never argued. Well, first off, UNLV did it. So that's one. Yeah. <laughs> that's one right there. Uh but we've I never I guess you could say BYU got one like in the early early 80s. 80s, yeah, right? Uh but we've never argued that hey, you, no matter what you have a big playoff and UCF's going to win the win the, the 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 championship. I don't know I don't know that. I would probably bet against it. But they deserve the the chance to go there. That's what we've yeah, argued it's and unlikely. 
it's like a Ponzi scheme, yeah. man. Really, when you think about the college football, uh, look, we love college football as much as anybody, but it is like a Ponzi scheme because the rich stay rich because of the scheduling manipulations, and they stay in that same top twenty-five. Because that's another thing: is if you're not ranked that high, it's very hard to get up there, especially when you have the schedule manipulation working against you. It is very hard to get up in there yeah. uh, over some other teams. We saw it with TCU in 2014. Now, a perfect yeah. example to, to compare it to college basketball, since so many people want to make that comparison, is Gonzaga and Boise State. They're both in the Pacific Northwest. They both both had great success as mid majors over. Really, I think Gonzaga's like. Oh, I'm sorry. I think uh, Boise State's like the second or first, you know, first or second most winningest college football team since like 1997. I'd have to pull that yeah. number up. But they're very similar. But the difference is now Gonzaga turned that corner. Yes, they haven't won the national championship yet, but they've been in two national championships in what the past five years, right? They're producing NBA players in the top ten, top fifteen every year. Where a old blue blood like Georgetown or or even Syracuse isn't isn't doing that. They have surpassed them. They have surpassed those teams. Boise State can't do that because there's a ceiling. There's a ceiling. They're not allowed to go to the tournament. And unfortunately for Boise state and for their fan base, that's gotta be horrible. But for, for their program, they're not, they're not going to be able to get to that next year because we capped them at a ceiling and it's pathetic. It's un-American. It's absolutely pathetic that, that, that we, that we have that. Look at that program. Look what they've done. They haven't had a fucking losing season since like 1998 and they can't do anything undefeated seasons. It hasn't meant anything. They've beaten. They've beaten uh, the Florida the States. They've beaten team in the, yeah, country. the Georgias, the Oklahomas. What more can they do? Oregon's, Oregon States, Washington, Washington States. They've beaten all those teams. What more can they yeah. do? Nothing. Oh, you can't go to the playoffs. Sorry, sorry. They're per- yeah. that's that's and a pretty perfect analogy to me because they're both. And what birth- do you think that's going to do to recruiting too? Yeah, you exactly. Know? Recruiting of they could essentially. There's not much difference, believe it or not. Like, yes, okay, Alabama has more talented high school football players than than Idaho. I would never argue that, right? Sure. But Idaho does get to dive into California. That's what Chris Peterson was doing, and Washington, which actually I think Washington's kind of underrated. But uh, not comparing them like that. But the point is, that they're both kind of in the middle of nowhere, like small, like Tuscaloosa. I, I mean, Boise, I think, is bigger than Tuscaloosa, but yeah. Uh, my point is, is that they're kind of in the middle of nowhere. Like if you were to tell a recruit from Los Angeles or Miami, Hey, you want to come to Tuscaloosa? Had they not known the Alabama football history or Boise? I, I think it'd be yeah. kind of close. You know what I mean? Flip, flip a coin. Yeah. You might even choose Boise cause it's the bigger city. And if you're from a city that might make more sense to you, but sure. I think the Gonzaga Boise state thing is a pretty accurate uh, uh, comparison. And you can see where one got over the top. One's pretty much like a blue blood. I, I don't know. There's a, you know, that's subjective. And you've seen so many people say, well, they're not a blue blood till they win a national championship, which is fair. Well, they were the favorite for the yes. whole freaking year for so. multiple years, multiple years. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I thought that was, that was worth noting. But uh, come on, we got to expand. We got to get a college football playoff. These people, that's what I notice is like, you know, I love, I, I would love to see Mississippi state or Ole Miss or, 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 you know, Kentucky or whoever Auburn. I mean, I don't care. I, I would love to see them win a national championship just as much as I would love to see Cal or, or, you know, TCU. So I don't, it, this is not a, a me hating the sec thing. Yeah. But I will say Georgia's this: Georgia's one of my top five favorite teams. I yes. made a list yes. twenty years ago, and Georgia was my number five favorite team. And, and then, I was thrilled to see them win the national championship this year, especially will, with the Stetson Bennett story. I mean, I know I bet against it, but that was a great yeah. story. I mean, so we're not just saying this to be anti-SEC, but I just feel like the SEC fans, which are are the loudest, to their credit, they have great fans. But sometimes I believe they're the loudest, and people think like, "Oh, this is the way we should." And they're the first to really nix this. And I, the question that I ask you is, why? More, more football is a win for everybody. A larger playoff is a win for everybody. And Mike Leach is right, and I think our guy Noah Beanick was right when when he was tweeting saying, "Look at that St. Peter's story, right?" And he yeah. compared it to Notre Dame going, you know, so and so. And I've even seen people say, "Oh, more people will know the kick six. More not." I've seen this tweet. More non. Alabama Auburn fans will know the kick six more than they will St. Peter's. I completely disagree with that. 
Cause, cause I didn't think, I think if you, you talk to an average college football fan, that's a Wyoming fan. You mentioned kick six. They might not know what the hell you're talking about. Whereas, I don't think so. I, I think, I think that, you know, the kick six is the peak moment or one of the peak moments that the sport of football has had. Sure. And did it happen in the regular season? Yes, it did. But in order to create that regular season moment, you had to basically screw over like 15 undefeated teams from ever having a chance to play for a, a, in the playoffs. Is that worth it to have that moment between those two iconic programs and to promote that rivalry exclusively to that degree that you like you, you lessen every other rivalry game that could be a, uh, you know, playing for a, a spot in the playoffs and now is an irrelevant rivalry. Basically, uh, you're, uh, you're, they're always referencing, you know, the Iron Bowl, uh, the game, um, what is that, Michigan, uh, Ohio State or Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, they, we have pigeonholed the whole like uh, viewing experience around a few teams. And that's not that fun for everyone else. You know, it's cool if you like allow yourself to say, okay, this is what college football is. Alabama is college football. And without Alabama, it's not college football. But if you allow, or if you like the other teams and you want to see them have a moment in the spotlight, especially when they've earned it and they're having their best season ever. And yet you're throwing to the side. No, yeah, uh, people nonsense. who want more from the sport. Don't want that, you know, and, and think it sucks. Yeah. And I think the St. Peter's thing will be just as memorable because that's the first ever what uh, fifteen to to go to the elite eight. I think that will there'll be a documentary about that, just like there are the the Jimmy V documentary. You know, and people yeah. will be talking about team, that. What's that? That's a school that is one block, <laughs> yeah. one city block is the entire campus. It's <laughs> uh, freaking awesome. It's a shame. It's just a damn shame that college football and and most of the a lot of their I, I don't want to say most because I actually think most of the people agree with us, Patty C. I think most people want a big playoff and for everyone to have a seat at the table. Right. Yeah. And, and unfortunately that I, I do feel like the, the narrative though, maybe because ESPN's in bed with, with, you know, uh, the sec and the ACC, you know, or whatever. I feel like, I still feel like we're in the minority from a public standpoint of, of stating this, but Mike Leach shout out to our guy, Mike Leach for, for tweeting that. Cause I think he's a hundred percent correct. Um, all right, folks, I want to tell you guys before we get to some more college football talk, that the college football experience on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by win bet bet $50 at win bet and get $200 in free bets, bet big, win bigger with win bet. Download the win bet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by manscaped fellas. Have you started spring cleaning yet? Because you know, you might want it. The carpets need cleaning. The drapes need dusting and your lawn needs mowing. Patty C <laughs> mm-hmm. spring has sprung and the global leaders in below the belt grooming have, have the best tools for cleaning a good old aisle five, you know, in your <laughs> pants uh, time to clean Where's my, uh, my pop says aisle a aisle a there you go. <laughs> time to clear out your winter bush and, uh, <laughs> and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust manscape by going to manscape.com for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code S G P. You got to do that. We're also brought to you by athletic greens. Yes. And their AG one supplement. So you're probably wondering, Hey Colby, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG one, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day, right? This special uh, blend of ingredients uh, supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, aging, all those things. Even if you don't believe in a college football playoff, you start, you start taking some athletic greens and it helps your brain. Then you'll realize that we should have a larger playoff done deal, right? Uh, it costs less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than uh, your cold brew habit. AG one supports better sleep quality as well and recovery and athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. How great is that to make it easy? Athletic greens is giving you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreenscom SGP. Once again, that is athleticgreenscom SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
We're also brought to you by IP Vanish. Did you know that uh, browsing online using incogni- incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why we here at SGPN Studios use IP Vanish. Yes, we make it, it, it truly makes it easy to stay private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish uh, helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, your emails, your passwords, your communications, uh, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. That's what we run God's Eye off of. Make sure you give God's Eye a follow on Twitter at God's Eye SGPN. But uh, yeah, IP Vanish is, is absolutely fantastic. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is, is tap one button and you're instantly protected. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free, people. Nine months. Damn. So go, exactly. Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use the promo code SGP. Claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by us. Yes. The SGPN app is live in the app store and Google play store. It is free to download. You'll get access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, all of our content. All right. You're going to get, you can get the US. Oh, you want to watch the USFL? We got you covered. NHL playoffs. Oh, the po- U- NHL gambling podcast. You'll get a notification. This is all free. We got articles and articles and articles about whatever the sport I mean, shit, we had like badminton going on last year. We got you covered. Go get the SGPN app today for free. I mean, Terrell just dropped the WNBA podcast, WNBA gambling podcast. Exactly. Never thought I'd see the day, but look at, look at us. Terrell we're, we're, Furman we're Jr. Over here. Exactly. Check that out. Go watch the movie, Eddie. <laughs> ne- uh, ne- never thought uh, the, the DJs. You could probably uh, kill it. That in that. There's got to be. I mean, yeah. I've never bet on WNBA, but. Hey, I bet you there's probably, there's probably so it's like betting sometimes I would like when we had that FCS college football season in the spring, I was killing it, man. I was killing it. Betting yeah, that you're thing. just ahead of Vegas. Yeah. They, 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 didn't, they didn't do the their manpower. homework. I knew that shit. Yeah. Uh, so check out, check out the WNBA gambling podcast. Check out the notorious OTB for horse racing. We have triple crown going on uh, Zed run and my guy, Scott Bowser doing it for the virtual horse racing world. We got you covered. NHL gambling podcast, NBA gambling podcast, the MLB gambling podcast, USFL gambling podcast on and on and on. All right. I'll stop plugging our great platform. All right. Patty C. Uh, I wanted to talk a couple more things here. Um, Shoot. First off the ACC, I've seen reports that they potentially might be getting rid of divisions. I think starting next year. So you could have, first off, we know the big 12, is going. Uh, it seems like they're going to have BYU, UCF, Houston, and uh, Cincinnati next year. It seems like not this upcoming yep. year, but the following year. Uh, yep. Which, which at the at the moment it looks like Texas and Oklahoma will be in there with them. So we'll have a fourteen team conference there. Love it. Then uh, the, the ACC potentially talking about getting rid of divisions, which you know I'm a big. First off, I've I've thought the ACC and I thought every team really in America should be on the same page of of conference games. You know, like uh, if you're yeah. a Power Five conference, play the same amount, eight, play eight nine, play nine whatever. whatever it is. It should yeah. be concrete though for everybody. Yeah, um, the ACC plays eight, which I think s- sucks because the ACC sucks. We just saw what they had yeah. like 17 players drafted the uh, <laughs> the least out of any of the Power Fives. The AAC was pretty damn close to beating them despite having 11 teams. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, the ACC has these games. You know, they drive me crazy. Clemson, Georgia tech. They, they deem that a rivalry Protected rivalries. They yeah. deem that a rivalry. I, I don't call that a rivalry. What Louisville, Virginia. That's a rivalry. Yeah. They, they just made that one up when, uh, what when the Maryland hell is left. that? Uh, they have so <laughs> many of these ones. I, I would love to just, okay. Here's the only rivalries you need to keep in the ACC. Miami, Florida state should play every year. Yes. NC state and North Carolina should play every year. Virginia yep. and Virginia tech should play every year. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can make a case for wake forest Duke. I consider it irrelevant, but look, maybe they're two small universities. Sure. I'll give you that one. 
We don't even need the rest. I'm sorry. Virginia, North Carolina needs to get played. Oh, I'm so, okay. You're a UVA That's fan. Been played since like the uh, 1890s. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Virginia, North Carolina, but that gives North Carolina two must be played games. Then I'm not okay yeah. with that. I'm not okay with that. I actually, I would just say no. And just, you'll be playing each other enough. You might miss out. I disagree. With, I disagree. So you're going to have think... two. How is that fair to the other teams though? Uh, the way I see it, I don't, I don't think there needs to be uniformity to uh, the number of uh, rivals. You, you Dude, play, Clemson getting you know? Georgia tech from the coastal every year is bullshit. It is <laughs> just like Alabama getting Tennessee every year is bullshit. But, but Tennessee actually, know. I mean, I guess you could say Georgia Tech won a national championship in ninety, but Tennessee has had decades of great success. Sure. I mean, Tennessee is currently the better team than Georgia Tech. Like a decade ago, I wouldn't say they were under Paul Johnson. Um, I think, you know, that rivalry, it's actually, you know, all time it's in Clem or uh, Georgia Tech's favor, fifty to thirty five. I just looked today. That's cool. Um, I'll be back to the days of what John Heisman and shit, right? Yeah. Clemson seven in a row right now. And it seems like they're going to be 10 more in a row before Georgia tech figures anything out. So I, I don't consider that a rivalry that needs to happen, but I will say that if there is a legitimate rivalry, protect it, you know, protect it. We, we always talk about, I agree. Rivalries. I mean, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Whether it's two or three. I mean, look right now, Boston college plays Miami and they were big East rivals but they're in opposite divisions now. And that's a rivalry that went they, by they the don't play that every year. I would no, rather see like that once every six yeah, years. I would rather see BC Miami than I would, you know, BC Syracuse, even though right. it's a, well, well, that's, yeah. that's one that you can rotate and be playing instead of once every six years, you're playing once every three years, obviously like the less like uh protected rivalries you have, then the more of a rotation you're going to be able to have. And the more frequently you're going to play each of the teams. Um, but I, w- I would say you don't want to give up a real rivalry, you know, just to, just to spread it out. But does know? this piss you? Look, your chances, you're a UVA fan. Yeah. Your chances of going to the ACC championship basically are done. If this happens, <laughs> why would you say that? Because there's no more coastal winner. It's the top <laughs> two teams in the ACC. And for so many years, we've seen the coast will have like a six and six team or a seven and <laughs> that five. Doesn't bother team. Me. That doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't want to see freaking if there's a, if there's an 11 and one and a 12 and O team in the Atlantic division and an eight and four team, I'd rather see a rematch. Well, the irony the, uh, is I actually think la- it, it wouldn't have mattered last year. I think wake, wake and Pitt had the best two records. So I yeah. think, I think that's what it would have been anyway. Uh, yeah. So I don't know, but uh, uh, so you think this is a good thing for the ACC, a good thing for college football, Patty? C? Uh, I think there are pros and cons. I think the only only possible way that this be could be considered a bad thing is if you have a situation a situation where there's like three eleven and one teams at the end of a regular season, uh, you know, from the same pod, and they have to like do the old coin flip thing to see which two, you know, get to make it to the ACC championship game that could be easily remedied by a four team conference championship tournament. That's not going to happen though. But I think that that probably happens infrequently enough uh, that if you just get the two highest ranked teams at the end of the regular season, you're going to have a satisfactory. I don't know it could be dangerous. It could be dangerous. I'll say that much, but uh, it's certainly going to be better than <laughs> eight and four Virginia versus twelve and zero Clemson. So uh, I agree. I do think college football is getting better there, um, and and I'm excited to see the Big Twelve in their realignment, even if it's only for a couple years, uh, with Texas and Oklahoma in there. I'm, I'm interested to see just how that shakes out. Some of the other news, Patty C, was the NIL. Uh, some NIL news. The NIL. What are they calling that again? Uh, Oh, they're, they're, I've seen some good Collective stuff. Or no, no, no. There's like some uh, people making making fun of it. I forget the uh, the thing. Acronyms in it, but are the uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so the the NCA saying they're they're gonna uh, the board of directors gonna have a task force to police this, which is fucking hilarious to me. Because first off, this thing is done. It's it's already out there. You can't yeah. undo it now, and it's hard to rein it back in at this well, point. Well, especially like state legislatures involved. Yeah, what? I I don't understand. Like the only thing, if you're going to have a task force, uh, I I quote the great Jerry Tarkanian here for for his his great line on uh, 
Oh, Kentucky got caught cheating. So that means Cleveland state will get banned for five years. That, that <laughs> means like, maybe, maybe they'll come after some, they'll never come after yeah. USC. They'll make for, an example yeah. of someone else. Yeah. They can't, can't make an example of their big dogs because they don't have the money for it. It just <laughs> seems so ridiculous too. It's I mean, some of the States have, have laws passed that I, I don't understand how you're going to get around. I don't well, understand. That, like how, how are you going to get around that? You know, it's that's just essentially what the uh, Miami booster w- was saying. He's basically like, screw you. I'm, I'm within my legal right yeah, to do this. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, they have, I will sue your ass if you try and stop me. I, I mean, I, I don't even understand why even, I guess they have to make the the new, but it's just useless. And I, I can't see them enforcing it. I don't understand yeah. how they're going to enforce it. Yeah. Uh, like the I said, NCAA maybe the little guys. Yeah. Does not supersede the Supreme court as, as big and mighty <laughs> as they think they are Supreme court, a little bit, little bigger. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that they, they issue that. I just started laughing when I saw that. Um, <laughs> It got me thinking though, Patty C. I know we had Randy Cross on the show, former San Francisco 49er and UCLA Bruin, Super Bowl champ. Oh and, yeah. And Randy Cross, you know, announces a lot of Navy football games. Big, big, uh, big fan of the triple option, big fan of uh we asked. He's a him, man's man. Yeah. I mean, he's an offensive lineman. You know he loves it. Um yeah. But we were asking him, why doesn't more teams do it? He goes, they should, uh, you know, this should this is still the, the you know, the the the, uh, the most successful offense. He he believes. In, in football. And he goes, but maybe like the, the fact that the, the, the quarterbacks want to go to the NFL and there's, since there's no triple option teams there or the offensive alignment, you know, there's different, you know, schematics and, and, and uh, different, different, uh, you know, methods for, for running yeah. that offense that might not pay off in, in the NFL. Well, I was wondering and with NIL, could we see, well, look, we're big fans of the triple option. We want to see, well, just as much as I'm a fan of the air raid or run and shoot. I like contrast, right? Yeah. So I would love to see Style. the flex, the flex bone back going. I want to see Paul Johnson back in college football, but we know we've been wanting that for a while, but styles was, make matchups. I was thinking There's about a reason they don't put left-hand fighters in fights. They make for boring fights. We don't want to see the same thing from every team. We want to see contrast. Well, That's and the comp. I actually believe it is the smartest offense for you to run in college football. If you, especially if, if you're not that. Alabama, if you're not one of, if you're yeah. like UVA, if you're Kansas, if you're, uh, yeah. you know, you should run the triple option. And it got me thinking because Tommy Frazier, look, look at the last two power fives that ran the triple option. It was Georgia Tech and it was, or, or I shouldn't even say the triple option, the option. Uh, yeah, Georgia Tech and Nebraska. Well, ne- both of them had a triple option. I mean, I guess yeah, Nebraska's was more of a dive option, power hybrid, but they ran plenty of, you know, basically triple option. But Nebraska's know? run, they went to the uh, they won national championships in, in the late nineties running it, and they got oh, yeah. to they got to Three the national championship years. in two thousand one, even though they got smoked by Miami. Uh, yeah. it makes a ton of sense to go back to it, and now I guess from a recruiting standpoint. With the NIL, would it even matter? Couldn't you just recruit saying, "Hey, come, take take your best athlete and say, come run the triple option or come run the option here, and we're gonna we're gonna pay you handsomely, and we're gonna win a shit ton of football games." Do you think? Do you think we could see a reemergence of the option in college football now that NIL is playing such a role? What that kid from uh, Long Beach Poly just went to Tennessee for eight million dollars? I think you have a great point there. I think uh, the potential, you know, like you said, people want to get paid, right? And players want to get paid, and and coaches know that, and schools can uh, can market to a player, hey, you're going to get paid if you come here because we run a pro style offense, and that's your only opportunity to get paid. Guess what? Not the case anymore. You come start a quarterback for me in next year. And yeah. guess what? You'll get a million dollar deal. And you can be All in that. Sudden, you can be a legend in that town forever. Like I, I was in Austin. I saw Vince Young's got a steakhouse in, in Austin, Texas. Well, I, I'm sure Tommy Frazier, you know, or the next Tommy Frazier, wherever, you know, what school has the balls to pull this plug uh, or do this, yeah. not pull this plug, but do this. Uh, yeah. I could, you would be a legend in that up. town. You would be paid forever. It's like Tony rice at Notre Dame with his car dealerships. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Do you think the, I, I think this might be able to happen. What do you think? I think it could. I think it could. I mean, I, I do think that the the mobile quarterback has emerged in the NFL a little more. And so 
Um, but I think you know, tackling I, I, is at an all time low. You know what I mean? If you're going to run tackling, I feel like I heard Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott talk about it this past year. He goes, the tackling today is terrible. It must be because of the, so much of the uh, non-contact in practice. That's but, true. And I, I think that, you know, you, you put yourself in a more vulnerable position, dropping back and, you know, throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game and, and, and exposing yourself to contact uh, in a completely, you know, vulnerable position. than you do running the ball 20, 30 times a game as a quarterback, especially if you, you know, train your body for, for that. So, you know, if there's money to be made and you might actually, you know, be more durable, you know, because of playing that and, basically have more reliable money there then yeah, maybe, maybe the triple option reemerges. I'm sure it'll start at a smaller school and then, you know, come back up. Yeah. Grow from there. We'll see. Hopefully college football needs it. Paul Johnson. Come on, come back to college football folks. You're listening to the college football experience. Make sure you check out all of our stuff. We went through and ranked uh, all 30 new head coaching hires. We're going week by week, previewing every single week of the college football season. Uh, Wednesday, we will have uh, what week four of the college football season. We'll be talking. Uh, so check all that out. I mean, a, a ton of different stuff. I went through the transfer portal. I went through it, it just, we got you covered. We talk college football year round here. So subscribe, tell a friend. And also remember we're breaking down solo podcasts. We've done this for years. Uh, every single college football team in all the land, 131 teams this year, Patty. See after your JMU Dukes are in the mix. We will have you covered in June when we start off that series. So subscribe, tell a friend. Also subscribe to the College Basketball Experience because the NIL and Transfer Portal isn't just college football. It is crazy in college basketball too. Uh, we got you covered as we talk college hoops over there year round. Subscribe to the Sports Gambling Podcast. And like I said, them, the network, all those those sports I mentioned prior, the USFL Gambling Podcast. Subscribe to all that and CFL. I think we got that coming too. Uh, so check all that out and uh, yeah, get that SGPN app, the college football experience. Once again, subscribe. It's on YouTube folks, the college football experience. Subscribe. Uh, we're also uh, on Twitter at TCE on SGPN. I'm on Twitter at the Colby D Patty C is on Twitter at Patty C eight, three, one. So follow away on that. Get the SGPN app. Uh, also check out Slack, the Slack channel for sports again, podcast. Can't recommend that enough. We're talking college football. We're talking everything. You want to know about an arm wrestling matchup going on in, in Bangkok. We probably got you probably got you in there in those channels. So check that out. And uh, yeah. All right, folks, this is the college football experience. Expand the fucking playoffs. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here. Do you come from a land down under? Oh,